Well, we've got an awful lot of people missing today. Uh, I had several phone calls about people who wasn't going to be here and this and that, and we've got some that, uh, well, like Roy and Pat and their, and their family, they're all under the weather. Uh, Pat's been sick for several days, and uh, now Roy's got it, and Sam and some of them not feeling too good. Uh, they, th they feel like it's just a cold and nothing more than that, the symptoms and everything. And uh, I talked to Jeff. Uh, he's going to be out a little while. Uh, Jeff has uh, got a lot of conditions going on in his body. He's got asthma. And he's got several different things. And with the way this COVID is coming back and everything, he says he's just going to have to kind of stay in for a little bit and Everything. And like Tommy said this morning, if you feel like you need to wear a mask, please wear a mask. You do what makes you feel comfortable. Nobody is going to say anything about it. And uh, But, you know, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, then please do. Because there is just right now, that, that stuff is getting rampant again. I hope they don't try to close down the churches. I know the governor says he's not going to close down the churches, so that's good news there. But still, you know, we have to take precautions for each other. And uh, so anyway, we have a number of people out this morning. Some are just uh, doing some things that has to be done and so forth. Becky's not here, and like I said, Roy and some of them, so... Uh, Sometimes these things just happen. But anyway, who's ever here, thank you so much for being here. And uh, I've got a message that I want to bring you this morning. And I'm bringing this message simply because I've had several people ask me. I've even had phone calls at the house. And just the things going on, and it's, it's about temptation. Many people say, I have come under temptation so bad. They say, every time I turn around, it seems like I am being tempted. Things are coming up before me. And I really feel like, am I sinning, you know, before God with all this coming up? And then we're going to look at some of this stuff. Because this, this one person that I talked to, they was really upset about it. They love the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. But he says, it seems like I constantly, every time I turn around, I am under temptation. It's something that's always coming up trying to draw me away from God. So we just have to really understand that this is the work of Satan. Temptation comes from Satan. Because if you, if most of the stuff you're tempted with, think about it. Most of the stuff you're tempted with is not godly stuff. It's stuff of the world. Who's the God of the world? That's Satan. He wants to draw you away from God. He's going to offer you some things and he's going to tempt you in some ways that it's going to be awful hard to resist. He's going to make it sound so good. Matter of fact, they said if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And in this case, that's right. You in your own self know 
what it's like to be tempted. Temptation comes man. When I say man, that's also women. When, when God's talking about all men, He's talking about all genders. It's just the way that they put in the Bible, all men, all men, all this. But it comes to the women just, just as bad as it does the men, and in some cases, maybe worse. But uh, that's what we're going to look at today about temptation, how to get away from it, how to avoid it, what to do when it does come. Many people just, well, I don't know what to do, you know. I just, I just don't, I'll sit here and just suffer through it. No, you don't have to suffer through it. God's got a word for you when temptation comes. And so just to put it very bluntly, it is not a sin to be tempted, for temptation will come to everyone. You know, it said it even came to Jesus. But he said Jesus was a man without sin. So, at his point, if he had been tempted, then he would have been in sin if he said temptation is a sin. Temptation itself is not the sin. See, the devil is who tempts us, but he can only tempt you so far as to what God will permit. You mean God will just allow the devil to tempt me so far? That's what Scripture says. And I'm fixing to read it to you. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. See, God's always going to make a way of escape. For all who is who's tempted, He will make a way of escape. For you to get away from that temptation before it can get a hold of you and you say yes to it. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, There has no temptation taken you such as common to man. This temptation that comes up on us is just common to man. It comes up on us. It is from the devil trying to draw you away from God. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted. I think the King James Version will not allow you to suffer or not will not suffer. But suffer just simply means allow. That's what suffer. To suffer means I will not will not allow it. It says, you will, excuse me, who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, which you are able to do without falling into that temptation. But will with, with the temptation, he will also make a way to escape so that you may be able to bear it or to avoid it. He will just allow so much. He will not allow more than you could take. You know, that's just like that's just like Job. He allowed Satan to come in and have his way with Job. But, but, but God also told Satan something. You cannot touch his life. You can, you can come against him, but you cannot take his life. So Satan has to have God's permission to do a lot of things in man's life. God says, I'm going to make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, the sin is not, the sin is not in temptation. The sin is when you yield to the temptation instead of seeking God's power to escape. The sin is saying yes to temptation and then doing it. That's the sin.
The temptation itself is not a sin. When temptation does come, and it will, it will come to every single person. But when temptation comes, go to God and seek that way of escape before the temptation becomes so strong in your life because the longer we wait, the longer that we allow the temptation to come against us, the more apt we are to fall into it because it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So soon as the temptation comes, right away, there will be something that will rise up in your spirit and it will say, no. It will simply say, no, it's not of God. Flee from this temptation. And uh, one of the prime examples of fleeing from temptation you find in the Old Testament. Joseph, remember? He was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he was taken a captive and he was in the house of Potiphar and Potiphar's wife was trying to seduce Joseph. Joseph knew it was wrong. He wouldn't do it. What did Joseph do? Joseph fled. He ran. He got out of there. He would not give in to the temptation because he knew that it was wrong. That it was against God's will. It was against God's word. And so he, he, he would not fall into that temptation. But he fled. And uh, it said uh, temptation is exactly, we don't realize this, but temptation is exactly the same for us as it was for Adam and Eve. Can you imagine what Eve and them, the temptation, what all this that, that Satan was offering Eve? Oh, Eve, are, did God really say this? Did God really say for you not to eat of the, of the fruit? You know, most of the time we say it's an apple and it may have been. It don't say what it is. It just says it's a fruit. But he said, look how luscious beautiful it is. You know, and if you take a bite of this, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be like God. You're going to know everything. You are going to be a God if you would just take a little bite of it. And she yielded to the temptation. Therefore, she brought sin. Her and Adam brought sin upon the whole world. And it's still here today. That one temptation brought sin on the whole world. When Adam took it, that was it. Sin fell on the whole world. When, when, even when a little baby is born today, that little baby has born has a sin nature. Now the baby, if something happened to that baby while that baby was still young like that, that baby would definitely be in heaven. Because that baby has simply not reached what we call the age of accountability where that youngster, where that baby knew better than to do what it did. I mean, you know, it was born in sin, but yet it had not sinned, really. It didn't know what sin was. But we know what sin is. We don't even have to read the Bible to know what sin is. 
We've heard enough about sin. We've heard enough about temptation that we know when certain temptations come up on us and if we follow through with it, that's a sin. You don't even have to read your Bible to know what sin is through temptation. And, and Satan is real good about bringing this temptation up on us. How does Satan tempt us? He tempts us the same way he tempted Jesus. Yeah, so Jesus was tempted by Satan. We'll see here in a minute. But it said, and Satan also tempts us the same way that he tempted Jesus. What did he use to tempt Jesus? Now think about it. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He had been without food for 40 days and 40 nights. So, Satan says, well, now, he must be awful hungry by now. So what did he do? He tempted him with food. He said, if, see, he was already questioning Jesus. He says, if you be the Son of God, if that's who you are, that's who you say you are, but if that's who you are, see, he was already trying to get to Jesus by, well, I'll just show you I'm the Son of God. No. But he told him, he said, if you be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And of course, Jesus was hungry, but Jesus knew what was going on, just like we know what's going on when we are tempted and things are offered to us, it seems, wow, that's just, like I said a while ago, that's just too good to be true. Yeah, it probably is. But Jesus simply said something. He said, For it is written, For it is written, He quoted Scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What happened? What, is, what, what took place next? It said, Satan, Satan, Satan left for a period or for a time. Now Satan will leave you, but he's going to return. He returned to Jesus as we see in the Word at least two more times to try to tempt him. Every time that Satan come against Jesus to tempt him, Jesus Use the Word of God to stop the temptation. And that's what we have to do. That is the fastest thing you can do to get Satan, to get rid of Satan, is to quote the Word of God to him, just like Jesus did. Satan cannot come against the Word of God. Satan's powerful, but Satan's not near as powerful as God. No way. And when God speaks, Satan even has to obey. It says that Satan tempts us in the same way he tempted Jesus. First of all, <coughs> he tempted him through the lust of the flesh. That's the way he tempts us. Through the desires of what our flesh wants. He said, boy, Jesus, by now your flesh must really be hungry. So he tempted his flesh. He tempts us another way. The lust of our eyes. The things we see. And the things that the things we see, a lot of times we see something and we really desire to have that. Oh, I would just do anything 
to have that. I'd do anything. And I think Satan's sitting there hearing. He said, oh, really? You would do anything to have that? I need to talk to you. And he's going to offer you the desires of your eyes. He's going to offer you the desires of your flesh. So we have to be careful what we desire. We have somebody, Satan is caught, not Satan himself, but his demons. He's got demons watching us, and they report back to Satan. Satan is the commander. The, the demons are like his soldiers out there. And they come and report to Satan. They tell Satan, hey, you know old Janice sitting there? Let me tell you what, what really tempts her. Let me tell you what you can do to really get to her. See, the enemy watches you. The enemy knows each one of our weaknesses. He knows what tempts you. He knows what you desire. And he knows how far you would go if you had the chance to do it. We have to make sure that we're walking with God and in the Word of God. We have to make certain that what we desire is what God would desire for us. Many things we desire, God says, oh, uh-uh, that would harm you. <coughs> and many times we pray for something and the prayer's not answered, and you think, well, God's just not hearing my prayer. Yes, He heard your prayer. But He says, if I answered that prayer, it would do you harm. Some of the things we pray for. Just think about some of the things that you have prayed for. And think about now, if God had answered that prayer, what kind of shape would you be in today? God sees things that we do not see. God knows the things that we do not know. God knows that when we pray, we should be praying His will for us, not our will for us. Our will for us is selfish. We're selfish. What we pray for is Oh, this is what I want. Do we really ask, is this good for us? Is this good for my family? Is it good for those I'm around? If this happens, we can do a lot of harm to family and friends and others around us if we really get the desires that we think we want. So it all should always be, Lord, if it be your will. If it be your will, not my will, but your will, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in my life. Let your will, Lord, be done that my family stays safe, that my family is protected, that my friends do not suffer anything that I so desire that would harm them also. Some things we desire it would totally, totally change you. You would not be the person you are today. Money is probably one of the worst things. I mean, it was good. We all need it. But too much of it can change you to a point nobody wants to be around you. If money can even make you miserable. I've talked to people. I've known people that had money. They say, yes, I can buy stuff. I can have things. But you know, 
It does not get you a loving family. It does not get you loving friends. What about that uh, prodigal son we talked about here a while back? He had all that money. He goes into a foreign land. And it says in just a short time, it was all gone. All of his friends were really, really, really friendly with him as long as he had money. But when that money was gone, it said that he began to eat with the hogs. The friends wasn't there no more. They'd gone. They disappeared. Why? Because he didn't have resources to keep them as friends. Hey, you don't need all that to keep a true friend. A true friend will go through you, will be there for you no matter what you go through. That's like Jesus. Now you talk about a true friend. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Whatever you go through, I'll be there to help you go through it. Now that's a friend. He's not there just because you've got some money, just because, well, maybe you can do something for them. No. We are not to be tempted by these things because that temptation draws us further and further away from God. You say, well, where does it say in there that uh, we're tempted by the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and also the pride of life? Matter of fact, God says, I hate pride. God hates pride in a man. You say, well, where does it say that, Bill? Well, in 1 John 2.16, 1 John 2.16, it talks about this. Listen to what it says. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It says, it is not from the Father, but from the world, or from Satan. That's where all this comes from. The lust of the flesh. What this old flesh wants. The lust of the eyes. Oh man, look at that. Look how, oh look at that new car. Oh I want that so I'll do anything to have a car like that. Satan says, I can take care of that. I don't know how long you'll have the car. They'll probably repossess it. But I can get it for you. Satan's temptation failed with Jesus. So when you are faced with temptation, then we need to do what Jesus did. The temptation failed with Jesus. Satan will come to you. Now listen, this is kind of how he comes to Jesus. He'll come to you and he'll say to you, for just a moment, yeah, just, just, just one short moment, if you will bow down before me or worship me, I'll give you all the money you need. I'll give you all the fame you want. I'll give you success. And I'll give you power that you can do all things. That's what He's tempting you with. If you were just, for just a moment, just a moment, get on your knees, bow before me, and worship me instead of God, I'll do all this for you. He offered Jesus... He took Jesus and said to a high pinnacle on a big hill. He looked, he looked out there and said, Jesus, if you will bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything that you can see. It already belonged to Jesus. 
and what God's got. What does it say? We are heirs with Jesus Christ. For those who are, what Jesus owns, we own also. It's ours too. Because we are heirs with Him. So it's also ours when we accept Jesus Christ. That already belongs to you. It's already yours. Satan's not offering you anything that's not already yours. And you, did y'all notice something? When something comes against how many of us want to argue with somebody, debate with them about the Bible or anything like that when things come against us? Notice it said, Jesus did not argue with Satan over this temptation. Jesus didn't debate it with him. Jesus didn't even consider doing the temptation. When temptation comes, we shouldn't even consider it because we know right offhand, hey, this isn't from God. This is from Satan. So Satan, you can just go on down the road because I'm not even listening to you. That's what we need to do. Instead, Jesus simply said to Satan, it is written. And that's what we need to do. Just simply say to Satan, Satan, it is written. And this is what God is saying about what you are offering me. And I'm not interested. Jesus just simply responded to Satan's temptation with the truth of God, which was Scripture. We can come against Satan with Scripture. This is what God is telling us. When you are tempted, when things come against you, turn to me. Turn to my word. And you tell the devil what I said about it. And he will flee from you. He will leave you. We need to do the same thing today that Jesus did when he was tempted in the desert. The Bible tells us. Well, what are some of the things I can do? Well, the Bible tells us. It says to be, always be alert because Satan is always looking for a way to trap us. Do you realize Satan is always looking and watching some way to turn you from Christ? Anything he can see, anything he can find out, anything he can do, he'll do. In 1 Peter, this is where a warning comes in, and we need to listen to it. 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober. In other words, be alert. Be vigilant. In other words, be on guard. Watch what's going on. Because your adversary or your enemy, the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. I like that, whom he may devour. You know what that's saying? You have to let him. He can't just devour. You have to let him. He seeks whom he may. Whom will let him devour him. You don't have to let him. You can say just simply, Satan, I'm standing on the Word of God. Now you're going to have to flee. God, I belong to God. That is my Father. I am born again. I am under the blood. I am under the blood of Jesus. And you have no power and you have no control over me. Here in James 1, excuse me, in James 1.14, it says, But every man is tempted 
every man is tempted when he is drawn away because of his own lust or his own desires and enticed. We are tempted when we are drawn away by our own lust and our own desires. James 1.15 And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. When lust has been conceived, when it first comes to you, and is excuse me, is conceived, and it brings forth sin. It's like a woman giving birth, and that sin, when it is finished, or when the birth has taken place, it's here. It's been done, brings forth death. When we commit the temptation, when we do what we're tempted to do, is what brings forth sin. Sin brings forth death. In Genesis 4-7, it says, Sin lies at the door. Sin is always waiting on you. And its desire is for you, but we should rule over sin. And many people will ask, because it's, it's, it's tough, it's hard. It's just, how do we rule over sin? We rule over sin by keeping our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we just say, okay, what would Jesus do if this was Him right now? How would He handle it? What would He do? Well, we already know what He'd do. He would come against it, first of all, with the Word of God. Then he would turn from it. He would rebuke Satan. And Satan would have to flee and leave him. Why don't we do that? We rule over sin by keeping our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. By keeping our hearts free from the things that can lead to temptation. How many of us are still going to places and doing the things that leads to the temptation. Don't get trapped by Satan, but get into that power that God grants to those who belong to Him. Do you know when you belong to God, you've got a power that He has granted you? How do we get into God's power? How do we tap into that power? What do we do? James 4.7 First of all, it tells us what we have to do. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit to God. Say, God, I can't do this. I need you in my life. I need you guiding and leading me and instructing me when these things come forth. God, I need you in my life. Submit to God. Make God the Lord of your life. If you make God the Lord of your life, you're going to see some things in your life change. I think, I think even old Satan will have some demons say, uh, excuse me there, boss, but could you send me to somebody else? That guy, he's too close to God, and I can't do nothing with him. We can get so close to God that even the demons don't want to be around you. 
It says here, like I said in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, then, when you submit yourself to God, then you can resist the devil. You're thinking you can't resist the devil on your own. You resist him through the power of God that's in you. You resist him by God's word, and the devil will flee from you, just like he did from Jesus. Try it. You know, I'm, 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 I get tempted all the time. I think sometimes I have somebody just testing me. I said, no, that's not going to work. I said, you see, I have submitted myself to the power of God. I'm under God's control. I'm under God's power. I'm under God's authority. You know, he's given you authority to resist the devil. He's given you the authority to come against the devil. You need to use it. You need to use it. And in James 4, 8, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. The closer you draw to God, the closer God draws back to you. That's what we need. We need a closer and closer walk with God daily. We need to, ever more, God, be close to me today and draw me even closer to you. I want to walk with you. I want people to see you in me. I want people to know you are my God and I am your child. But then it tells us we have to do something in order to draw near to God and for God to draw near to us. It says, cleanse your hands. Or, in other words, repent of your sins, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He said, this is what we must do to have God draw closer to us, is to cleanse our hands or to repent because we are sinners, and to purify our hearts, to make our hearts clean toward God and the things of God. He said, for you double-minded. What's a double-minded person? That's a person that can't make up their mind. That's a person who is out there straddling the fence. He don't know whether he wants to get on this side and walk with God, or he don't know if he wants to get on this other side and walk with the world. He don't know what he wants. He wants both, but you can only have one. That's a double-minded man. Somebody that doesn't, does not cannot make up their mind if they want God or if they want the world. Even James said, do not think you shall receive anything if you doubt me, you double-minded. You're not even sure what you want. You can't have both. You can have one or the other. You can't have God and the world, or you can't have the world and have God. Double-minded. Make up your mind which one you want because you get one of them. In 1 Chronicles 22, 19, it says, Set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Make up your mind. Tell your heart, Hey, 
We're going to seek one of these. Now let's figure out which one we want. Let's figure out which one we're going to serve. Isn't, isn't that what happened whenever, <coughs> excuse me, Isaiah, he, he, he told them, he said, this day, make up your mind. Either you serve Baal or you serve God. Not You can't do both. We have to make up our mind who we're going to serve, who we want in our life. And God will honor either, either choice you make. Do you know that? If you want the world, God said, okay. But you know what happens? Then comes judgment. You want me? You want to walk with me? You want to accept, accept me and my son as your Lord and Savior? You get heaven and eternal life. Choose the world, you get death. He gives us a choice. But you know, sometimes certain consequences come with certain choices. When you choose the world, the consequences of your choice brings death. But God loves us, He wants to do things for us. He wants to do things that we cannot even imagine, that we cannot even really think of. We can't think of all the things that God can do for us. You know, it, it, it told us, for it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God's got in store for those who love God. Him, serve Him, have come to Him, have made Him their God. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. What God's got in store for you. I'm going to finish up. If the band will come up right fast, I'm going to finish up with this last scripture. It really speaks to us. It's Ephesians 3.20. Probably most of you already know what it is. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What is the power that works in you? Faith. The Holy Spirit and your faith. Faith is one of the strongest powers you've got working in you. Faith in God and His Word and His promises. Knowing that what He has said, He will do. But we're going to have to make up our minds which we want. If you're here today and you're being tempted, which probably most of us are, If you need to come today and, and just have a word with God about God, you see what I'm going through. You see the temptations that they come upon me. I'm asking you to fill me and anoint me of your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit guide and lead me in all things. I want to follow the wisdom and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because when I do that, I know I'm walking with you and I'm right with you. 
Do y'all remember after Jesus was baptized, that Holy Spirit come upon him? Who led Jesus into the desert? The Holy Spirit went with him. The Holy Spirit went with him. The Holy Spirit was there when Jesus was being tempted. The Holy Spirit is in you right now, just like it was Jesus when Jesus was being tempted. That Holy Spirit wants to guide you, lead you, comfort you, instruct you in what to do when these things come against you. What, do you ask for the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me, instruct me in what you want. I want to know God's will for my life. Of course, God's will is right there in His Word. That Holy Spirit will also. He said, and the Holy Spirit will bring remembrance to you of everything that Christ said. But first of all, you've got to know what Christ said. And that's getting in the Bible, reading the Bible, studying the Bible. So when things come against you, the Holy Spirit will draw it out of you as to what to come against the enemy with. So if you're here today and you just need a closer walk with God, if you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you need some changes in your life, God wants to do that. He wants to change the things that you can't. Many things we can't change, but God can. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you just need prayer, if you just want to come before the Lord and talk with Him for a minute, He's here. And He wants to talk with you. So I'll ask the band to play. God bless each one of you. I'll be down front. If you just like to have prayer and be anointed with oil.